Welcome to Aldi's Mamia and Me podcast. I'm Jen Hogan and today I'm joined by journalist and broadcaster and dad of three, Connor Pope, who works as consumer affairs correspondent for the Irish Times and Kaz Mooney, who's a mum of three, author and runs the Instagram account Irish Budgeting. Thanks a million, lads. Thanks for joining us. Delighted Thanks to be here. Me. You're going to now tell us all the tips that we need to know to try and manage the cost of living crisis. Isn't that right? 100%. All the pressures, <laughs> all the pressures. Are. Connor, I might start with you because you are like the Joe Duffy of consumer affairs. You are the person who... <laughs> Joe well, Duffy is the Joe Duffy. But anyway, go on. You're the person who my father-in-law says, have you got on to Connor Pope yeah, about that? I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> so you are the person who, sort, who sorts all our financial yeah. woes or our consumer problems. How in the name of God did you end up getting into that? Well, it's a complete accident, to be honest, Jen, because this isn't how I would have started out. And both my parents have passed away. But if they were to know that I was lecturing the nation on how to be responsible with money, they (laughs) would just find it hilarious because all the way through my childhood, my teens, my 20s, I was terrible with money. And I only got into it by accident because I started out working in the Irish Times website in 1996. And the Irish Times was one of the first 30 newspapers in the world to have a web presence. So that's where I kind of thought my career was going. And I was working there for between 96 and, and 2002. And because I was early to join I ended up being fairly senior within the website operation. So I was doing rosters and I was looking after people's woes and stuff. And what I really wanted to do was write because that's what I wanted yeah. to do um, for a living. And that's that's kind of why I got into the job that I got into. And f- whereas what I was actually doing was a lot more middle management. And that was fine, uh, but I just wanted to do something else. So I, I went to the features desk in the Irish Times and I, I pitched a couple of ideas to them. So I think the first one I pitched was a guy who was teaching yoga to kids on a school in a school in North Brunswick Street called the Brunner mm. where the school around the corner was filmed and it was kind of a revolutionary thing as he was teaching these first year kids a lot of whom were from fairly troubled backgrounds yoga to kind of create a sense of inner peace for them so I wrote that piece and then I wrote another piece about Argentinian people who were moving to Ireland uh, after the economic crash there um, and just, you know they were look, they were relocating here using the, yeah. the grandparent rules so they were getting Irish passports and that went well and then it just so happened that the features department were looking for somebody to do a product review for four weeks in the Irish Times and they said let's pick somebody we who nobody's heard of because mm-hmm. they didn't want to pick one of the well-known journalists so they said get that Pope guy to do it so they asked me to do product reviews for four weeks yeah. so and that was it it was just going to be four weeks so they said and I said well what will I review and they went don't care pick, pick something so I picked sausages because right. sausages is something I know a lot about because I eat a lot of them so I reviewed sausages and then the next week I reviewed orange juice and I kind of recognised how absurd yeah. it was. Here I am, like this, this gombean from Galway, writing in the Irish Times about the quality of sausages on offer. So I was kind of taking the mickey out of myself a little bit in the pieces. Um, and that kind of self-deprecating humour mm-hmm. isn't really very common in newspapers because people tend to take, yeah. take themselves super seriously. Um, and then after the four weeks, I started getting emails from people going, do you know, did you see the price of the X product in X supermarket or whatever it might be? And rather than just ignoring the emails, I started contacting the supermarkets or the shops or everything. Why are you charging this much for that product? And then, so what started out as a four week project, taking up a quarter of a, ca- quarter of a page, became half a page, then it became a full time page, a full page, and then it became my full time job. Yeah. So that's how I got into it. So it wasn't by any design and it wasn't because I had any background in finance or even because I was any good with money. It was just because there was it was a moment in time and it seemed to work. And as a result, my entire life changed because I've been doing it now for, it'll be 20 years, I think, next year. Wow. And I do take the role really, really seriously because you're, I know you're like in the intro of the Joe Duffy and I, like, I get a lot of queries yeah. and complaints 
and concerns from, from readers of the Irish Times. And they, they are really important to me because what they are is a reflection of problems yeah. across the board in our society. And it's really nice to be able to say to a big company, listen, lads, you've let this person down and we're not going to take it anymore. And I think that's why people respond well to the mm -hmm. Price Watch page in the Irish Times, because it's a, it, it empowers them because so many of us are entirely voiceless when it comes to bad customer service or when, it com or when it comes to high prices. And it's nice to be able to give people a voice and say, do you know what, lads, this is not acceptable and you have to own up to this. And do you, know, do you find then, I mean, you mentioned your parents and saying that they'd, they'd be shocked to see that this is what you're they'd doing. They'd be delighted, I think, but they'd be shocked. Too. It's shocked and delighted. What about your kids? Like, what do they make of it when they see dad is the person who knows it, has all the advice for... for I think it a kick out of it. I mean, like, you know, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm a top celebrity or anything, but my, my five-year-old thinks I'm famous. Yeah. So she will tell everybody that she meets, my daddy's famous. And I'm going, oh no, <laughs> the don't say that. Um, but, and obviously I've got a five-year-old and then I've got two teen teenagers. And like my teenagers are like, they, they don't care. <laughs> like in the set, like, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean, like I'm their dad. And first and foremost. So like whether or not somebody comes up to me on, on the street and says, I had a problem with my NCT. Is yeah. there any chance you could help me out? And I'm kind of going, well, I'm bringing my kids to school. Yeah. Like they, the, all of that stuff washes over them. And they think, it, I, I think they think it's funny when somebody will come up and say, do you know what? You look awful like that Connor Pope guy on the telly. And they get a kick out of that. But it, 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 it's not like uh, my job impacts on their lives in any way. And I think that's important because they do what they do. Yeah. I do what I do. And, you know, we keep everything in their world separate. I'm laughing because what I'm not hearing here is the word embarrassed. So teenagers who are not embarrassed by a dad in the public eye. This yeah. is impressive stuff. Well, I mean, I, do you know what? I hope that like sometimes they are mortified by me. Don't get me wrong, because they are teenagers <laughs> and I am mortifying. Your mere existence <laughs> is enough. Because, <laughs> you know, I think I'm a super cool dad, yeah. you know, and I like and I like listen to their right music. And but no, they're, they're sometimes I'm like, how could you possibly even be embarrassed by this fine specimen of a human being? <laughs> but they are. And do you know what? that's fine because yeah. that's what teenagers should be yeah. and I, I suspect that I was a nightmare as a teenager like I was a terrible right. teenager like you know I was like grumpy I was a boy for a start yeah. and boys are terrible teenagers at, at the best I can vouch for that no no not really darling <laughs> so no the bottom line is that they're, they're fairly chilled by yeah. what I do um, um, Kaz, you you have you're obviously on Instagram. Do you are your children aware of what you do? Are they embarrassed by they you are. at all? I'm they they're cringed are by they? what I do, especially See, my this eldest. Is normal. This yeah. is normal. <laughs> <laughs> my eldest is in secondary school um, and is terrified of me going to parent teacher meetings. Yeah. Doesn't want me grilling the business studies teacher. Um, and yeah, he he suspects. He said to me last week, "I think some of my friends know who you are." <laughs> <laughs> is there anything worse? Like, is there anything worse? He's, he's like, he hates that I'm on TikTok because he associates that with um, younger people as well. And yeah, he finds it very cringy. Yeah. <laughs> that is the really hard thing. It is when you have a job at all that really you have a public yeah. presence at all. It's really, but you got into it for totally different reasons, didn't you? Yeah. So I, I went into it um, with no intentions of even showing my face. Mm. Um, my very early videos are my hands and I was writing my budget and filming it. Um, and I decided to start documenting going down from two incomes to one income. Um, and 
so I had decided to take a career break from my work and I wanted to show how we were doing that, how mm -hmm. we were making that possible. Um, we'd had years of struggling and kind of learned lessons on how to budget that lower income. Um, and so I wanted to show that and that's all I meant to do in the beginning. I had ideas of maybe starting a YouTube and having some sort of income mm. possibly from that, thinking three years down the line. Um, and I definitely had no expectations of having the response I had from the page. Um, and it just really grew quite organically. Um, and as my my page grew, I started to share a little bit more and more. And then eventually I just went on stories and was like, hello, this is what I look like. <laughs> Ripped that plaster off. And I got such a lovely response. The more I opened up, the more people opened up with me. And it's just been amazing building that community. It's just been absolutely so rewarding. But is it, is it, you know, money is one of those things mm. that, you know, we don't really talk about, you know, and obviously you're talking about budgeting and you, you were saving for a house. Is that 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 was kind of behind the big budgeting yeah. project that you undertook? Originally, before I was even documenting yeah. my journey, that's how we really got to know about budgeting. Yeah. Um, I had found some people in America. There wasn't really many people talking about their journeys in Ireland, um, especially on YouTube, which was where I was looking to. Um, and there was more people in America. And of course, in America, the finance system is so vastly yeah. different from Ireland. And... There was people talking about going on years where they really took control of their finances. So we decided to do that. Um, we came back from America. Mm -hmm. We had a big credit card bill um, and it was very, really overwhelming. We had set the payments as being quite a large percentage um, because we'd never racked up that much. Um, and when we came home on that flight from America, we had used the credit card the whole holiday. We'd been told it was safer, um, had this big bill and panicked, just completely panicked, didn't know how we were going to um, deal with this large amount every month. And we were renting at the time. The rental crisis was really setting in, um, had a quick look to see what was available in our area. We we're looking at just two bed apartments and we we're looking at the dog and the cat and the rabbit and thinking, mm -hmm. how is this going to work? <laughs> Um, and yeah, we decided in 2019 to embark on a low spend year. How did the kids take that? <laughs> that's the hard one now. It's one thing as adults deciding you're going to do that. How did the kids? So we, we included them okay. from the very beginning. So we had myself and my husband sat down. We planned what we were going to say. And then we sat down with them um, just before the new year and talked about what we were going to do. And we really changed the way we were going to say it. Instead of saying like, look, we're going to do a low spend year and live on beans and rice for the year. Um, it wasn't at all like that. Instead, we said, look, this year we're going to spend less and we're going to do more. And that's really the way we kind of put it to the kids. And that's really what we did that year. Um, we explained to them that we were hoping to buy a house and it was more than likely going to be a house that needed some work. Yeah. So we were probably not going to have the same time that we had this year to do the things we hoped to do. Um, and we were going to try and be creative as a family and make the most of that year while spending less. You got them on board that way. Yeah. Do you reckon that, that would that work with yours, Connor? Well, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that the really key thing there mm. is that 
you should try and manage your money without draining the colour out of your life. Yeah. Mm. Um, and one of the things that I, I would always say to people is that being careful with money does not equate to being mean. Yeah. And it doesn't equate to being this kind of penny pinching frugal monster on the hill. It's, it's, it's a different mindset that you need to develop because the reality is that for an awful lot of people, particularly at a time like now during the cost of living crisis, people don't have the money yeah. to spare. But you should still do whatever you can to make sure that you bring a degree of joy and happiness mm. into your world because there's nothing. So what, what, what Kaz did there is like the, the idea that you, you know, you're saying we're not going to spend as much money, but we're going to put an awful lot more time and effort into what we do do mm. to ensure that you have the same, ex you, you have experiences that you will remember and experiences that will bring you happiness. And that can be really challenging mm. for people because like when you're struggling to pay your bills, when you don't know how you're going to cover your gas, your electricity bill, and when you don't know if you can put food on the table and all that stuff, it can just become this absolute crushing millstone that just bring dra dra drags you down. And I think that's one of the dispiriting things about a crisis when people don't have the money to spend. We, we're a bit like that, I suppose, sometimes the nation, aren't we, in terms of even judging each other, sometimes mm -hmm. judging the neighbours, well, it's well for him or her off on her second or third holiday, or it's well for him or her with the car, or it's well for him or her with any other, other different thing. And especially now as we're in the middle of this cost of living crisis, that is affecting people so differently. We have the extremes where we have people worried about, about the very basics and then people who are, who are having to cut back and make other sacrifices. And it could be things like taking children out of activities and, and, we maybe dismiss that a little bit by saying, well, aren't we lucky we have food on the table? And you will always find somebody worse off than yourself. But it's about trying to, like you said, find those obviously exist, survive, have the basics, but having having those treats, those things that make life worth living rather than it just being existing, maybe. Is that what we're we're in danger of thinking existing is is the is okay, is you're sufficient? One, you're one hundred percent right. And I, I actually I also think you're right to say that there is that there is an element of judgmental there's judgmental attitudes that I think we all need to to move away mm -hmm. from because there is no shame attached to not having any money. There mm -hmm. is no shame attached to be struggling uh, to struggling because the reality is that people are struggling all of the time and sometimes it's just through good fortune or happenstance that you're not yeah. the person struggling. So I think people shouldn't be embarrassed about it and, and people shouldn't be like it's very important to stress that people shouldn't be embarrassed about looking for help and there are organisations out there that help people there's like the Vincent de Paul there's Bernard there's the uh, the MABS and all of these organisations yeah. but you can, you, you, we, we need to move away from judging people by how much they spend or how much they have or how much mm -hmm. they don't have and how much they don't spend because that's not what our world is about and that's not we as a, as a community should be about because uh, and I would be a very firm advocate in, in the whole notion of social solidarity mm -hmm. and supporting people who have who have less and I think that's what we should be aiming to do in almost every single circumstance. Do you reckon the budget did much? I know we, there was a lot of focus on the budget recently, obviously, and where it might have stood to help parents. Is there is there hope out there maybe for families that things will be a little bit better or different this year? It's hard to know. I mean, there was obviously that we, we know that there's going to be a double children's allowance mm. in, before Christmas. So that's worth a few bob to people. We know that if parents of, of 18 year old children who are in, in education will, will, will continue to get the, chil the children allowance from next September. That was a real, yeah. that one, yeah. Uh, they're, one they're, that they're, 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 they're making steps, they're they're introducing more measures to help people with the 
absolutely punishing cost of yeah. childcare. But again, a lot of those measures aren't being rolled out until next September. The government will have dressed it up as a, as a budget that benefits people. And yeah, you can look at it and say, OK, when you add up the energy credit, which is worth 450 euros, and when you add up the tax changes, which might be worth another 600 euros, and when you add up the children's allowance, and when you add up uh, all these various measures, including the mortgage interest relief, which might benefit some people, some people might be, might might have 1,500 euros or 2,000 euros more than they otherwise might have had. But it's worth reflecting on the fact that they're probably down around 3,000 or 4,000 or 5,000 euros when you add up the higher cost of energy, the higher cost of food, the higher cost of borrowings. So nobody is going to be better off mm. as a result of the budget. And I think it would be a mistake to say that we're better off as a result of the budget. We're just slightly less worse off than we might otherwise have been. That's kind of a sobering thought then really. It's not a very happy it. thought. But Isn't that's that's the nature of a cost of living crisis. And what's really distressing, Jen, is that it's just a lot of people can see no end to it yeah. because there's all of these outside factors that are, that are driving it. So you have war in Ukraine, you have you know, supply chain issues, you have the, even Brexit and you have, of course, the war in the Middle East now. That is, all of these things are destabilising. And then you have higher costs of energy um, you have the aftershocks of, of the pandemic um, and it's it, it's a really tough time for people. And I think it's important to reflect that it's a really tough time and it's OK for people to be struggling and it's OK for people to say, God, geez, I feel really miserable now. I feel really bet down by the whole thing because it's not easy. And but having said that, also, we don't want to say to people that there is no hope because, you know, this two or three years ago, we were in the middle of a terrible public health mm -hmm. crisis and people were really afraid. And arguably, maybe we're slightly better off now, even though people maybe have a little bit less. Is there a way, I suppose, when you're saying that we don't want to give people no hope because there's always hope. But always. There's, there, there, the practical ways maybe that people can look at trying to change things. And when we look at the very basics, I'm sure both of you have, especially as part of your job, you'll you'll know in part of your, your work, you'll know that there are certain measures that people can take and certain steps that people can take to just look at some of the basic things. 100%. So what sort of way, if for any families that they're maybe struggling at the moment, in various different ways, what can they look at immediately? I remember you putting a tweet out before, actually, ages ago, and we we joke about this, but it, but kids are expensive. I think you put out something, best way to save money or the most, and, and some, a lot of coming back on, don't have kids. Yeah, but. I didn't say that now. I think kids are amazing. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't swap them for anything. Somebody here may have replied <laughs> to that tweet with that comment. But, do you know, like, uh, and I, I know you, you'll have a view on this as well, but I mean, like, there's, there's simple things that people can do. And one of the like most stra straightforward things, and a lot of people don't do it, is to shop around when it comes to your energy provider. Yeah. And like I, I, I used to say that to people and I would be able to point to savings of 40%. I mean, I remember a couple of years back I went on the Late Late Show, but just as just as this, the cost of living crisis was 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 kicking off and I said, here's, you know, at, lads, you'll be able to save 40% on your electricity by moving from company A to company B. And it was like I'd invented the wheel for some people. <laughs> they were like, what? I didn't know you could do that. That's amazing. Because the reality is that around 70% of them will never switch provider. Yeah. So that's a huge number of people. And it's not like switching your cornflakes or your cola drinks because there's no difference in quality between the gas or electricity that Borgash Energy give you or Energia or Electric Ireland than any of the other companies. It's the same product. So if you could, and the 40% savings that I was talking about a couple of years ago, they're gone. Yeah. You don't get them anymore. Yeah. But if you could save 10%, off your electricity or your gas by moving from company A to company B, that's three or four hundred quid a year that you could be saving. Oh, and the like nice that? thing is that sometimes you don't even have to switch, Jen. You just ring your company and say, do you know what, lads? I'm off. And they're going to come back to you 
with an offer. And it's the same deal uh, with, with health insurance. Now, an awful lot of your listeners will have health insurance. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple of things I would say about health insurance. First, if, you have, if, you're, if you've been with the same provider for more than three years, you're wasting money. And that's almost... You can almost take that to the bank. In okay. my head, I'm going, I'm with the same for Because, <laughs> like again, yeah. people are with, like, there are people who are with the same company on the same plan for decades and like more than 70% of the market have never switched provider and they're all wasting money because the way the health insurance market works is when my, when my parents, when I was a kid, the 80s, there was one health insurance company on the market and there was five plans and everyone had plan B. Yeah. And that was just it. That was it. Now there's more than 300 different health insurance plans on the market. It's hideously complicated. The prices can range, are vary dramatically. But the way companies work is they have a, a policy, we call it policy A, and they, they charge a thousand euros for that. And they keep charging a thousand euros for that. But then two years down the road, they want to bring more people into the market. So they re- release policy B and they charge 900 euros for that because they want to get more people in. So you're stuck on play, uh, you're stuck with policy A paying a thousand, whereas policy B, which is 900 euros, is actually better value and probably offers you more, more, more packet, more services or whatever it might be. And it's the same across the board. And the other thing to remember is that, and this is counter intuitive, you should never have your children on the same policy that you have yourself for the very simple reason that we don't really have private health care for kids in this country as we should. And that's a really good thing. So if you look at Crumlin or Temple Street or any of the children's hospitals around the country, there is no private hospitals. Now, you can sometimes lean on the private system for outpatient treatments for sure. But so you should also always have your children on a cheaper policy than the one that you're on yourself as an adult because you can avail of private health care whereas your kids can't. Um, but the key thing when it comes to, to health insurance, if you can afford it, is to shop around. My mind is actually in overdrive here as I'm listening to you, Connor. I'm thinking of all these different things that I haven't changed, even things like the kids and the policy. And I think, Kaz, that is a problem, isn't it, for a lot of families. They're maybe firefighting so much just in general life. There's so much going on. They're maybe trying to manage the bills. They're trying to manage family responsibilities, perhaps extended family responsibilities, work, everything else. They don't sit down and take the time to have a look at budgeting. How much work goes into budget? Like, this is your thing. How how much time should people be prepared to set aside? When you're setting it up, it does take a bit of time. I mean, you're having those conversations with your partner. That's really important. Um, Getting the kids involved, even in a light hearted way, just to say we're going to start, you know, making a few changes. Um, And then obviously starting to set up your budget. So I recommend looking back at last month. That's usually a really good indicator. Look back at last month, see where your money actually went and just be really honest with yourself. Um, Something I recommend doing is printing off the bank statements so that it's there in front of you in physical form and getting a few highlighters and highlighting your um, expenses by category. So all of the food, do it one colour all of the bills do another colour um, everything even that little coffee you got um, everything absolutely everything and then write it out on a notepad all the totals that you spent and that's going to help you set up your new budget 
And all I recommend doing to begin with is very slightly reducing some of the categories that are standing out to you. There will always be some. You might tell yourself now that there's not and you have no money, but I guarantee there'll be something somewhere that you may be able to reduce, whether it's subscriptions, whether it's changing providers, as Connor said, or whether it is um, those little bits. Maybe you keep going into the shop with, and just getting a basket full of shopping rather than doing one big shop a week. Um, it's all those little little things that add up and from there you can set out your new budget decide what you want to put towards your financial goals so any changes you're making you're putting towards future goals and then as each month goes on make a few more changes if you can um, very gradual because really you're not going to stick to it if it's too drastic it's like a diet yeah if you go too all in you're never going to stick to it um, it's going to take all the fun out of things and it's going to feel like too much of a complete lifestyle overhaul. So instead, just make a few small changes. And I usually say to people in my experience, it takes about three months to start seeing some small changes mm -hmm. to your budget. So give yourself those three months. Um, sometimes it's as little as just seeing that you have more in the fridge at the end of the month. Um, it might be that you have still got fuel in the car and whereas you're normally running on fumes. Mm -hmm. um, so it can be small changes or you may have saved some money for the first time and be out of that paycheck to paycheck cycle. So it can be anything, um, but it's, it's a change just to watch out for that change. I know myself, like I had my head in the sand and just thought we were stuck and this was it. This was just the way we were going to live our life. You know, we we're going to be renting forever. We were going to be stuck in that paycheck to paycheck cycle. But once we started to take control and as each month got a little bit easier, we started to realize, you know, wait a minute, I think we might actually achieve some of these goals. And as time's gone on, we've hit each goal before we thought we would. And it's been so surprising, goals that we thought would take us much longer, we've been able to achieve because you've changed your mentality. You're looking out for opportunities. Wait a minute, that's a piece of furniture I could sell. That'll be a bit more money to put towards that goal. Um, it's looking at different things. You just have changed your mindset completely. Even that, even what you just said there, the whole idea of thinking, is there stuff I need anymore yeah. and different things like that. Would you very much advocate, you made the diet comparison there. Mm -hmm. Are you therefore kind of advocating that, you know, you don't suck the joy out of life completely, like you leave yourself... Yeah, I think it's so important. Um, I mean, I try very much on my page to show that um, even as far as I get my nails done, people point them out like you're showing a, okay. you're showing a five year meal. I bet your nails cost more than that. Um, it's important to me to kind of, exp you know, in, in small ways to show that 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 is part of your budget to remember you and your kids and, and everybody, everybody in your house should have money that is set aside that they can save or spend as they wish. Um, I think it's so, so important. And you, the, the best thing about having a budget is, you know, everything else is still going to be paid. The wheel is still turning. You're still saving for everything else. 
but you have that money for you. We're winners, baby. We've won the National Parenting Product Award for Best Family Supermarket. From our fabulous Mamiya range of organic food, nappies, wipes and snacks, to our pocket-friendly groceries. Parents across Ireland know that Aldi is the perfect place to shop. And now we've got the trophy to prove it. What else could you wish for from our Mamiya range? A podcast? Way ahead of you. And that's a winner too. Honestly, we couldn't be nappier. Aldi. Every day amazing. That's really interesting. The na- even you're getting your nails done yeah. gorgeous and elsewhere and trying to, to make sure you still have that sort of thing. Connor, you're a big fan of the old holidays, aren't you? And I am. For people now who are struggling to make ends meet, how how can you work around maybe trying to fit in some sort of small break, you know, to suit your pocket? Is that something that's realistic? Well, for some people it is and for some yeah. people it isn't. And like, it's a really important thing in my in my life and in my family because I like to think, I, I don't spend money, I don't go to the pub, yeah. we don't go to restaurants that often. I have, you know, I don't play any, I don't play golf, I don't have membership of expensive clubs or anything like that. So the money that I do have, I like to spend on holidays with yeah. my kids because I'm trying to give them more than anything else memories that they'll have when in, in, in the future. Yeah. For some people, the idea of going on a, on a two week foreign holiday is like it's just beyond them right now. That doesn't mean it's going to be, on, be beyond them forever. Yeah. But it might not be affordable this year. But a lot of the time I think, OK, well, if you, if you, if you plan your holidays well, you could probably get a holiday overseas for, for, for a bit less than a holiday at home. And if that's beyond you, I think what you do is you, 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 you have you, a staycation in the true sense of the yeah. word. Because one of the things that kills me is when people in Ireland refer to a staycation as a holiday in Ireland. That's not what a staycation. Or that's not a staycation. <laughs> yeah. That's a holiday. Yes, a staycation, exactly. as the word is yeah. it was intended to mean, is a holiday in your house. So what you would do then is like if you, you you say, okay, well we can't afford to go on holidays this year, and I've had years when we haven't been able yeah. to afford to go on holidays, and that's just the reality of it. So what you do instead is you say, okay, we've got a week off, so we're going to do fun things every day in our home place that don't cost any money and you make it part you make it an adventure for your kids so instead of going you know going to a restaurant you have your your picnics which can cost which can be as cheap as chips yeah. um you 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 you, you put cook sausages or cocktail sausages and you stick them in a flask and you we take love them out the old sausages don't you yeah, absolutely. It, I'm, I'm <laughs> and the thing is i can't remember the last time i had a sausage because I, I don't eat meat that much because my wife is she doesn't eat meat and we don't eat meat in the house which is by the way another money saving tip yeah. um, but like you 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 do whatever you can to give yourself and your kids the memories that you want them to have. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it is just about the time. So I remember a few years back, we, we, did, we did the staycation thing and we went and we, so we went to the Dead Zoo mm-hmm. in Dublin, which is free. We went to the zoo, which isn't free, but it's great value for yeah. money because you get a full day out of it. Mm-hmm. We did the open top bus tour in, in Dublin. And that was the one thing I was like, why have I just paid money to sit in traffic <laughs> in Dublin? Uh, and eventually we just got out near our house and walked home because yeah. it was like, oh, this is, it, 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 that's not, maybe we did the Viking Splash Tour and yeah. we did all of these things and it didn't cost a huge amount of money, but it was a great week's holidays in the true sense of the staycation. And the other thing that I would say when it comes to holidays is you cannot beat camping holidays. Yeah. When I was a kid, we went, we, my, my, my parents would camp in, in Ireland. Right. So we went to places with unpromising names like Boyle and Kilmockridge. <laughs> I love that. 
An unpromising uh, name. Uh, and we would put my my, 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 my lucky Forest Park. It was lovely, I have to say. My poor dad would put up a tent in the driving rain and we'd all sit in the driving rain in the tent for two weeks yeah. and then he'd take down the hen- tent in the driving rain and we'd go home and we'd go, well, that was great. Um, I would never do, I'd never, I'm not suggesting that, but I mean, we camp every year yeah. and we always go to like Spain or Portugal or Italy or France or wherever it might be. And, you know, the, 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 the cost of the campsite, depending on when you book, can be quite reasonable. Mm. Um, the accommodation is, is very reasonable. Because you're camping, you're living an outdoor existence. So you're barbecuing, you're eating outside, you're not going to restaurants. So that's quite reasonable. And then all, the only expense then is, is the, are the flights. So I do believe that it's possible for a family of two adults, three kids, four kids, five kids, six kids to get a really lovely holiday overseas, summer warm, without it costing the earth. Okay. You're making the camping sound a bit more attractive camping is amazing, now. Jen. If you've never done it, I swear Not to God, it's the best holiday. Ago. I was in a tent last week for Focus Ireland. Okay. <laughs> I have flashbacks That's right I'm now. I'm not talking about a tent. The caravans have <laughs> microwaves <laughs> and tellies and air conditioning. Okay, I'm not bare grills. <laughs> it was <laughs> two degrees. <laughs> I can see the trauma on your face there, Kat. Flashbacks. <laughs> but Connor's right though about the memories, isn't he? That is something it, yeah. as parents. And like we kind of bash ourselves over the heads a little bit when we feel we're not making enough memories or we're not having enough magical moments and that's what you want you want like when, when the kids are older you want them to look back and go God I loved doing that with my family I, that was that was a special day these are the ha- the memories mm-hmm. that we're trying to make do you find that when you when you were budgeting and you talked about doing more but it costing yeah. less did you find other ways as well that parents could do things yeah like we we did loads of, of that kind of thing like we got a map out of um Leinster and we drew a circle around the area we were willing to drive to so about an hour away from us the whole way around or an hour and a half and we just literally said to the kids pick somewhere you pick somewhere this week the other one can pick someone next week and we would go there we'd hike as a family Um, so we would go through like walks we'd never been to we there's loads of boardwalks around us um there's not as many hills in Offaly but there's a few um but we would go and explore we'd bring a picnic we'd bring a flask with us and we'd go and explore and all it cost us was a pair of good shoes really this is sounding kind of Bear Grylls like <laughs> kind of. But um, it was great fun. Like it was it was so much fun. We did more that year than ever. Um, but we also did things like come dine with me. Yeah. So I would call up my friends who all have kids. We None of us wanted to get babysitters, yeah. you know, and we would come to each other's house. The kids would all like lie out in um, sleeping bags and we would create like come dine with me. So we would rate each other's like dinners. Well, that sounds co- potentially friendship ending, but also cool. <laughs> it was great fun because we even roped in everybody, the lads and everyone all had to make a course. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we would go to one person's house and they would do the whole dinner, the three courses, and then we'd go to the next and we'd try that one. And it was just so much fun because everybody has different 
recipes that maybe have been handed down to them and it was just so much fun um, trying them all out and we had the kids all voting as well like you know (laughs) so it wasn't really friendship ending it was very light hearted Um, and there's so many ways to vote now we were using some Google voting system that one of my more (laughs) technical friends was able to find but um, we also did like board game nights we did karaoke which was interesting we did so many different things and even like the kids birthday parties we did a lot of the traditional like at home birthday parties because they're they've really got out of hand yeah they they have back to the basics there yeah makes such a that sounds amazing actually just sounds so much fun I'm there thinking (laughs) karaoke I'm on for that that sounds brilliant however as we talk about food there is one person here I would not like to have on my come dine with me weren't you on Celebrity MasterChef I was on Celebrity (laughs) MasterChef not a celebrity says he on Celebrity Master I got Chef. to the semi-final and I would have made it into the final had I not screwed up my dessert at the last second because I was cooking this Prosecco poached pear nonsense and uh, <laughs> and it had lavender, right? right? So I'm away and I'm cooking it and cooking it and it's like all going swimmingly and then I realise, oh no, I forgot to put the lavender in, right? So right. like, so instead of just going, be grand, who needs lavender yeah. in your meal anyway? I whacked in all of the lavender into the pot for the last... <laughs> For that 30 <laughs> seconds or three minutes. And I ended up basically serving all of the diners soap for, oh. for, as a dessert. I'm sure it smelled beautiful. Though. It smells lovely, <laughs> but you wouldn't want to eat it. So that that that, that I was done for. But uh, no, it was good crack. And again, I, I, I even at the time I was like, oh, geez, why do they ask me? Like they must have really been scraping the bottom of the barrel to come to me. But I enjoyed the experience. Yeah. But I also love cooking and I'm sure they'd come dine with me because I'm a big fan of come dine with me as well. And I love yeah. watching it with my kids yeah. because, but the thing that I most enjoy about come dine with me is when people screw it up. Yeah. Yes, and, absolutely. And that's yeah. why I'd be reluctant to yeah. do it in my, in, in my <laughs> circle of, of friends because like you really want, it, it, it's most enjoyable when going, someone's going, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> That's not really what you want. But I do like the idea of all these karaoke nights and anything that can drag a bit of fun out of the world Mm -hmm. without costing money. And the thing is, your kids remember the oddest things. Like I have like my 15 year old, like as I said, do you remember we did that thing, this really expensive thing? No. It's like, what? Um, And then she'll remember the time that that I I dropped her off my shoulders or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Which I didn't do. But like like, kids have, and and I'm the same, like the memories I have of my childhood, apart from the boiler tent and all that business, uh, like like, they're they're vague and random things. But like you can put so much time and effort and money into creating this really special memory that they'll forget and then they will remember that picnic or they'll remember that walk in the Offaly Hills yeah. or they'll remember whatever it might be as the thing that, they, that, that, that will bring them great joy and, and, and they will recall with fondness as they get older. So it's, it's, it's just totally random. Boy, I'm still getting a bit of a raw deal here today, poor yeah, Elba. You won't be welcome, Connor. I'm sorry. You know your five euro meals, mm-hmm. Kaz. I have to ask you about these. Now, you probably wouldn't get your lavender or poached. No. What was it, Connor? Maybe grand lavender poached pears. Lavender Prosecco poached pears. Prosecco poached pears. Can you, can you, could you do that now for a fiver? How, 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 how do people manage to feed? Like, a, that's five, a fiver. It yeah. sounds quite the challenge. Yeah, it's hard to believe I'm doing them about a year and a half yeah. now. Um, it is a challenge, but I quite enjoy it. I mean, it means that I get to be a bit more creative. Uh-huh. Um, and certainly I've changed from the, the beginning of the cost of living, what like ingredients I'm using for sure. Um, but I'm still getting like even last week, I think I had a, um organic 
potatoes, mm-hmm. you know, like, so you'd be surprised. I definitely lean very heavily on um, the specials for sure, as I would anyway in my everyday budget. Um, and it is a lot of the planning. Like I know going into the shop, I've looked online on the website on Aldi and I've seen like what I can get for my five yeah. years. So I know going in exactly what I'm getting. You know, there's definitely no like panicking in the shop, you mm-hmm. know. So like the same goes for my groceries. I go in and I have it all kind of an idea of what I'm getting. I have written out my list and meal planned it. Um, so that's how the five year meals really have continued to yeah. work. Okay. You know, have continued even now. <laughs> you know, especially like as prices go up, that's yeah. the thing. I was wondering, how can you keep that going? Is there, is there bargains to be got, do you think, Connor? Or is like, is there clever shopping that can be done? With, like food's an essential. It's not something no, that we can put back on. Apart from your house, uh, your rent or your mortgage, food yeah. is probably the single biggest expense. Yeah. And there's, there's ways that people can make big savings. As you say, you keep, you make a list, yeah. mm-hmm. you stick to the list. And I'm not suggesting it, by the way, that you make a list of a piece of paper because that's very old school. But you do, you put it into your phone, yeah. into your notes. And it's kind of quite satisfying when you go through your notes and you delete all of the yeah, things the chips, as, yeah. as, as, as you buy them. You make the list, you meal plan, but you don't rigidly meal plan because it's it, you can't say, OK, well, I'm going to have breakfast, lunch and dinner for seven days because on day four, you might decide, you know what, I don't want the yeah. bean salad that I was planning yeah. to have. So you have to f- factor in a degree of flexibility. But I, I I have. I think it's, it would be quite simple to to cook for to feed a family mm. for a fiver. I mean, there's lots of ways you can do that with your pulses, your grains, your tinned chickpeas and whatever it might be, tinned tomatoes, all of that stuff. It's cheap as chips. I think the special deals, the, the 49 cent mm. deals in, in, are, are really good. Um, and I think the, we've had seen this really important move to own brand across Ireland over the last five or six or seven yeah. years. Because when I was a kid, I remember, you, you were probably both too young to remember Quinsworth. But Quinsworth was a big retailer mm. in Ireland in the, in the 19, 1980s, 70s. And they released the Yellow Pack ranges. Yeah. And yellow pack was vile. It was the sweepings of the factory floor that they were putting into boxes mm-hmm. and selling as food. And <laughs> there's a reason why yellow pack became a pejorative term yeah. in Ireland. So it wasn't just yellow pack food. It was yellow tap, yellow pack lifestyles, yellow pack jobs, all of this yeah. stuff, because it was really, really, really poor quality. And what's been incredibly pronounced in the last decade or so has been the dramatic improvement in own brand mm-hmm. from from what it used to be to what it is now. And I, for like for a long time, I would have done, as, as I said, product reviews in yeah. the Irish Times. And one of the things that I used to love was when I would review an own brand product from whoever it might have been yeah. and, and, and have found it to be better or the equivalent of a much more expensive branded product. And as a result, what we've seen the shift. So when I would have started doing the Price Watch column in the Irish Times, around six or seven percent of a typical Irish shopper's basket was made up of own brand. And the rest of it was made up of branded products. Now, today, it's 47 mm. or 48 percent own brand. Or is this, is, and then for, I think it's like 46 percent branded. Now, I've just done the maths there and I realise I'm missing 5 percent. So I don't know what that is. <laughs> Whatever but, you're having but, on any it, given day. <laughs> but the bottom line is that we spend more on own brand products now. Yeah than we do on branded products. And the savings are yeah. absolutely genuine. And it doesn't matter what shop you're in, the savings are there. So if you can knock 30% off your your, your your shopping by shopping own brand, you'd be crazy not to do it because you're not losing any of the quality. But then there's all of the staples, as I say, things like tin tomatoes, yeah. chickpeas, black beans, yeah. kidney beans. All of that stuff is really cheap. And if it's cooked 
creatively. And I'm a big fan of stews. You know, it, it can be done for for very, very little. Yeah. And, you know, your kids, your, your, everyone will enjoy it. It's I suppose it's that is that shift again, isn't it, Kaz? That and like you were saying there earlier on, Connor, about changing things and being kind of sticking to the same uh, same maybe health packages that we have or the same energy uh, with mm-hmm. the same energy provider, making the move perhaps to branded uh, or to non-branded foods and to our own brand foods, even as the yeah. thing that I meant to say, the own branded foods and and maybe uh, taking advantage of those savings. Definitely, there. I think it's so important to still look for the quality. Um, I I would still look for the quality mark. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. Um, making those decisions as you're going around. Like I definitely try to get as much free range eggs, mm-hmm. for example, as I can. Obviously, if you're on a really tight budget, you might not have that luxury. Um, but as much as your budget allows, I do think that's important. But I, by and large, I'd say about 95% of my basket is all own brand. Right. I, there's very few brands that I do still stick to. Um and there is a few, but but it's because I've tested them, you know, and I know that that is worth the money. But mostly, yeah, there's there's not a massive difference. And sometimes I prefer the own brand, to be honest. I'm going to caution anyone who's listening now that we are going to talk about Christmas. We're going to ask about <laughs> Christmas, which is probably in the back of most parents' minds. But it is one of the most expensive times of year and it's coming up. It's it's mm-hmm. It's only around the corner there. For, for as we go into a period, I suppose, of it costing more energy, um, energy costs are going to be higher. Um, even around Christmas, I suppose, food costs are going to be higher. Everything feels like it's more expensive around Christmas. And then there's the actual expense of Christmas. Any idea, Connor, how parents can try or families can try to get on top of this? How can they, are, yeah. where, how do they, where's the best place to go, I suppose, to find those savings or to budget? How, what's the best way to try and do it in the limited time left? Well, I suppose the first thing I would say is that people should manage their expectations because mm. we've been constantly sold this myth of a perfect Christmas. Yeah. And people then put themselves under enormous pressure to get this perfect Christmas. Now, there is no such thing. It doesn't yeah. exist. So people are, are, are from, from now on until the 25th of December, they will be bombarded by marketing mm-hmm. campaigns and advertising and newspapers and radio and television saying, you must do this, 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 this and this to have the perfect Christmas and you must have the perfect tablescape and all of that stuff. And it, it's largely nonsense. Mm-hmm. OK, so that's the first thing I'd say. Second thing I'd say is that people should moderate how they shop for Christmas mm-hmm. because a lot of the time people shop for Christmas in the run up to the Christmas day, like they're heading into a nuclear winter and they just yeah. buy <laughs> three full shopping trolleys worth of food. Because because we have this mindset in Ireland and I can kind of understand where it comes from, whereby, oh, my God, from the 24th of December, for some indeterminable time into the future, the shops will be closed. That used to be the case. Yeah. The shops are now open on the 26th of December. You know, so moderate your, your spending and um, plan out what you're going to eat and, and, and shop uh, accordingly. Um, luckily, Santa Claus takes care of all the presents, mm-hmm. so we don't have to worry about that. But what I would say to a lot of parents is that shop early um, and that will will make make your life a lot easier because the last minute shopper is a stupid shopper mm-hmm. and it and retailers know that so they know that they can exploit people who are panicked and have only got 3 or 4 days to go so I would always say to people, start your Christmas shopping as early as you possibly can because you'll be incredibly grateful that you did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that people should do and like, you know, is 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 not allow themselves to go into 
massive debt mm-hmm. just to have this one day because that's that puts huge pressure on people then into the new year and if you rack up a massive credit card bill to make sure you have a, like a, what you you know the perfect christmas well then what what you end up doing is you end up clear spending January, February, March, April, May, June, yeah. clearing off your credit card debt and then that cycle starts again. All I would say to people is try and take the pressure off yourself because mm-hmm. kids are very easy to please. Yeah. You know, um, most of the time. Yeah. Um, and it, we sometimes as parents put too much of a burden on ourselves and then if we fail to deliver, we think we failed and we haven't. And I suppose it's always worth remembering, isn't it, as well, Kaz, that, you know, Santa works with families and that he doesn't, you know, if parents veto certain things at Mm -hmm. home, things like um, phones, for example, pets, maybe expensive consoles and and that's not allowed within family houses. Santa's not going to overrule that. So that's kind of something for parents to remember sometimes if they're feeling that kind of a pressure. Um, Have you any any of your own tips for families coming up to Christmas? I recommend preparing for Christmas in advance. So maybe it's a bit close this year, but something to bear in mind for next year is to start putting a little bit aside in what I call a sinking fund. Mm -hmm. So you're creating an account where a little bit will go out of your budget every single paycheck towards uh, Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I like to prioritise them. So I start saving for Christmas after back to school. And I work on back to school over the whole summer. Uh, Going into January, I'll be working on um, birthdays and things like that. So I prioritise mine by the calendar. But some people prefer to divide them by the whole year. Mm -hmm. And that's fine too. Now, if you're preparing for Christmas, some of the things that I think really help is putting one or two things into your grocery shop. That really does help. And creating a Christmas cupboard. Um, I know when we were really, really struggling um, a few years ago, just having um, a tin of biscuits or a box of chocolates to give somebody who came to the door unexpectedly. You know, that moment of panic where you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know I to buy for that person. Um, And I was on such a tight budget. Having that press there was a lifesaver at this time of year. Um, And it's just a token. It's that little token. Look, I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Here is something, you know, um, it's not much, but I do really appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Um, And it means that you get to enjoy that time of year. For me, Christmas is all about spending time with friends and family. And I would hate to think that that something as there's so little really as um, not having the money to give someone a gift stop Mm -hmm. you from having that time so if getting you know a two three euro box of chocolates helps in that situation I think do it and add one or two to your shop each week and that really helps another thing that really helps um, with the Christmas dinner itself is there's actually a savings card you can get in many shops Aldi has one I know as well and you can save onto that every single food shop just a little bit um, towards that Christmas food shop and that can really help too. That actually is a British I forgot about yeah. them but that, that is a really great way to just that little bit Last gone by. year it was such an amazing thing yeah. to just have that money there and to just buy that food shop and still you know not affect your actual yeah. budget at that time. 
So, Connor, you have you have teenagers and a small mm. child. So, you know, as somebody who's obviously very aware of, of costs and consume all the kind of things about checking out your different um, options available to you, budgeting and saving and things like that. How do you manage that with your kids? Do you have any tips for for encouraging teenagers who tend to? Oh, I know I'm generalising here a little bit, but, you know, teenagers are, you know, they're, they're kind of expensive, you know, be. they're an expensive commodity. And then small children who I see, I want. How do you manage? <laughs> I think it, there's a lot to be said for pocket money. Yeah. Uh, and giving giving kids as young as four or five pocket money and giving teenagers money that they can manage themselves yeah. and make it clear to them that when that money is gone, uh-huh. it's gone. So then they okay. get to make a call on whether or not they spend the money and it, it takes a little bit of getting used to, particularly for younger children, because ch- younger children just think that there's a money tree and they can get mm-hmm. whatever they want, whenever yeah. they want it. But I, I like it, it's an important lesson to teach people in a, in, a, in a positive way about the value of money. And I think I'm lucky in that my teenagers recognise the value mm-hmm. of money and they and they will go into certain shops and they will say, do you know what, I'm not going to buy that particular hoodie or that particular pair of tracksuit bottoms because if I wait, I might be able to buy another pair in next week or two weeks or three weeks from now. And, you know, I think that's important. But ultimately, I think it's a slow process. Mm. But I think it's an important process that you teach young kids uh, that that money means something, yeah, and that it's not this, as I say, money tree that everything just can be had at a whim. Because it wasn't like that when I was a kid, and I'm sure it wasn't like that when you no. were a kid. Because, like, I I was given pocket money, and as I say, and as as I said at the outset, I was terrible at money. So my dad would give me pocket money, fifteen pence or whatever it was, when I was on a Friday night, and I'd go out and I'd buy seven comics, and that'd be it. All the money was gone, yeah. um, and then I'd have no money from the Saturday to the to the, fall, the following Thursday. But like over a period of time, I, I grew better and better at it and I started to manage it slightly better. But it is a long process. And look where you ended up. Look Come see my first correspondent in the, in the Irish Times. Kaz, what about pocket money for parents who might worry about how much that they can afford to give to their children? I suppose is, uh, you get asked about this, I'm sure. It's certainly something I wonder about. Yeah. Like how much do you give to kids? Is there a set amount or? There isn't because no. it depends on your budget. And I also think it's really important to bear in mind that your kids will get older. And I highly recommend as they get older that that budget does increase. Um, because I think it's really important that the older children have a little bit more. They usually Mm. have higher needs and wants. They may be socialising. They may be looking for higher ticket items. Um, So it's really important when you are deciding how much you're going to give as pocket money that you bear in mind Mm. the years ahead, Um, especially if you've multiple children. So it depends on you and your budget and how much you can give to your your children. Um, the other thing I recommend doing is having a chat with them about saving some of it and also having some of it to, to spend or save as they wish in the shorter term, but putting some aside longer term. Now, when I say longer term, I don't mean like 10 years down yeah. the road. <laughs> I mean, like maybe to save towards a bigger item yeah. entirely. So maybe a year down the line. Um, I know my son saved up. He really wanted a gaming computer yeah. and he saved up all of his money and he got one last year. And that learning lesson he learned then has continued he still talks about it. He was talking to my daughter there and saying, look, you need to save if that's what you want. 
um, and we were able to then help him. But he did most of that work himself. Do you know, I think it's such an important learning lesson. Um, so he has earned that money and then he is spending it responsibly. It's that life skill, isn't it? it like is. That you can take into adulthood, but also that appreciation of things, you know, mm-hmm. that it means more when you've had to work hard for it as opposed to yeah. hand it to you mm-hmm. and sure, look, if it gets broken, it'll mm-hmm. be replaced. 100%. And very few of us like that. I have a few quick fire questions I want to throw your way, but I want you to come back straight off the top of your head. So no pressure, lads. What's your most ridiculous or extravagant purchase, Kaz Mooney? My house. <laughs> house. And Connor Pope, same question My to you. My Taylor Swift tickets. Your Taylor Swift yeah, tickets? Yeah. Well, aren't you the lucky one who got them though? Well, I didn't get the ones at the cheapest price that no. I was looking for. So we ended up buying the slightly elevated VIP package. But on the plus side, we'll get a nice little lanyard and a oh, a, la- well, and look a tote bag. Oh, look, and it'll be we worth it We have to remortgage your house to pay for them, but at least we'll get the lanyard. <laughs> okay, you have five euro to make a meal for a family. What are you making? I'm going straight in with carbonara. It's my favourite quick meal and it's always under a fiver. Okay, five euro, no lavender. Chickpea casserole. So chickpeas, potatoes, carrots, stock and a tin of tomatoes and you're good to go. I like it. I like it. What no cost activity is your favourite activity to do with your kids? Hiking, for sure. Okay. Phoenix Park. I'm lucky to live right beside the Phoenix Park and we spend a lot of time there. Yeah, the Phoenix Park is great. Yeah, hiking. I, I'm, I'm admiring you, but I'm there thinking. It's always hard to get out the door. But yeah. once you're up there, I guarantee it, you will feel amazing. It's like this running thing, is it? That, you know, the people keep talking about the running you're, buzz. You're walking. It's not okay, quite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is a buzz as well, is there? There's there is. a hike. Okay. And you get a good photo okay. out of it too. Okay, right. <laughs> and now the, the kind of million euro question, well, or maybe more. If you won the lotto, what are you buying? I'm extending my house. Extending the house, <laughs> Connor. I'd love to have a massive house on Hoth Hill. That'd be my dream. That's you know, the 12 million yeah. euro house with a pool and a gym and amazing views. So you need like, a rollover I, I need the euro millions. That's the yeah. problem. Like the <laughs> 5 million euro. So what would I be doing with that? <laughs> like it's only, only the bare five. I know. No. Lads, thanks a million. That was absolutely great. Thanks for all your tips. That was really brilliant. Thank you so much to Connor Pope and to Kaz Mooney for joining us today. And if you've enjoyed, don't forget to share online or to tell a friend. If there's a guest that you'd love to hear from, please do get in touch with us at aldi.ie forward slash mamia. The Plumpty Dumpties worked overtime to deliver an Aldi Christmas that was simply divine. Fresh whole Irish turkeys from $8.99 on sale from 20th December. Horseshoe hams from $13.99 on sale from 24th November. And in store now, Christmas puddings from only $1.69. And deep-filled mince pie six-pack only 99 cent. Scrumptious selection of tasty bites, perfect for Christmas days and nights. Aldi, share the love this Christmas.